How y'all doing? Y'all good? Are y'all good? That's a little better. That's a little better. Hey, my name, if it's your first time here today, my name is Craig and my wife Patty and I have the awesome opportunity to pastor this place every week. And so thank you so much for letting us do that. Hey, will you guys do me a favor? There's a lot of people watching online microsites and online campuses. We put your hands together and help us welcome them to the room. We love you guys. So glad you're here with us. That is awesome. That is awesome. And if you are watching while you're in Florida, we're a little jealous. Okay. Other than that, so today, huh, today, today we get to close out our series called Love Handles, and um, we're talking about a pretty difficult topic today. It's pretty, it's, it's like a cultural hot button right now, and so we are talking about homosexuality, all right? And so this is, this is where we are in this, and just so you know, um, the reason we're doing this is because I felt like it wasn't right to do a relationship series and not cover this. You know, it's, it's kind of, it's just one of those topics that people just want to shove to the back corner or ignore or not talk about instead of just having a real open conversation about it. And so, um, because let's be honest, homosexuality affects probably every single person in this room and watching online, whether it be, whether you are a homosexual or you have um, family members that are homosexuals or you have friends or, you know, across the board or you work with someone. And so how about, I just thought, how about we just have a real conversation about it? However, before I even jump into the content of the message today, here's what I need us to do. I want to say three preliminary things before we jump into the content, okay? Okay, here's the first one. Um, I feel like there's groups of people that want to carry around heavy hammers of judgment with them. And you have the one group that are the Pharisees, the church people. Yeah, we're just calling it all out today. Um, the Pharisees, the church people, that they are really quick to slam and judge homosexuals and say, you, you, you know, they just want to put them in their place, and that place is not in the church, bless God. You know, blah, 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 blah. And they just want to swing their hammer of judgment at them and, and slam them. And then you have the people on the, way over here on the other side where it's, they, they, they carry a hammer, but it's like passive-aggressive hammer. And this, this is what they do. They, they're, the, they're the kind of, that say, there's nothing wrong, everything's fine, everything's wonderful, and they judge and slam other people who say, you know, the other extreme. And then you've got people that are maybe even in the middle, well, maybe you are a homosexual, maybe you're walking that lifestyle or whatever, and so you also carry one. Sometimes you carry the hammer where you want to, you're just going to, you don't like them because they you know, they're being ugly and mean to you, and, and you, you, sometimes you don't like them, and so you're just like, rah, rah, rah. and so we're all carrying these things around, and I'm in the middle. So as your pastor today, don't hit your pastor, okay? Um, here, here's the deal. I'm asking all of us to just take our hammers of judgment, and can we just set them down? And can we just have a real conversation about a real topic that's going on in America and in our church? And in our Can we do that? Can we? Some of you, no, some of you, some, yes, can we do that? Okay, so just set your hammer down, stop being that way, and let's just, just if, even if it's only for 30 minutes, I hope it's for the rest of your life, but let's just at least 30 minutes, stop swinging your hammer, don't hit your, don't hit your pastor. All right, Here, and here's the second thing. If you are in this house or watching online, and you are a homosexual, listen, I want to apologize to you. I am a Christian, I'm a pastor, I'm a follower of Christ, and as a follower of Christ, I want to apologize to you, because... There have been churches and organizations that have not treated you well at all. They have hurt you. 
They have said things that were nasty. They have held up signs, derogatory things like faggots and God hates fags and things like that. And that is not the way of Christ. It's not the way of Christ. And so as a representative, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm not like taking all of it all, right? As a representative of the church and Christianity, I want to apologize to you, okay? Third thing, we still doing okay? Okay, third thing. Um, so we put our hammers down, I've apologized. Third thing, if you are a homosexual here, let me, listen, let me, let me say this to you, okay? You matter to me, and you matter to God. And your orientation does not make you a second-class citizen. It does not, okay? Now, I can already feel that some church people, you have already picked up your hammers again. Stop it. I still have 25 minutes to go, okay? Keep your hammer over there. And so here's how, here's how we're going to do. Since this is a, this is a topic that's kind of heavy, you know, probably won't have a lot of funny voices in this one, probably won't have a lot of jokes in this one. Um, but here's, here's, so here, I'm just going to tell you up front how I'm going to lay this out and how it's going to go. The first thing is we're going to look at the Bible and what the Bible says. The second thing, we're going to look at orientation and talk about sexual orientation. And then we're going to talk about tolerance, okay? We will not get to the last point or the last fill in the blank. It will be on the podcast this week. We're going to do a whole podcast about this topic, okay? So that's where we're going. Now, before we jump into that, and this is a heavy one, and I can already feel the tension in the room. I thought I would start off with a joke, okay? Just to help you breathe, help you breathe. Um, I have a friend named Bocephus, and he just moved here from Wetumpka, Alabama. And Bocephus came, and he, he decided he had had enough kids, and enough had gone on, so he decided he'd get himself one of them vasectomies. So he goes to the doctor, he goes right over here to the Baptist DeSoto Hospital, DeSoto ba Baptist DeSoto Hospital up there, and he goes in there and goes, hi, 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 hi. I'm going to get me one of them vasectomies. And the doctor was like, uh, you mean a vasectomy? Yes, they, that's what I say, a vasectomy. Uh, and she, the doctor was like, okay, well, sir, we can do that right here. No problem. Relax. Everything's cool. Let's just get some information. Okay, all right. What's your name? Uh, Bocephus. What's your last name? Bocephus. That's all my mom named me. Okay, okay. Where are you from, Bocephus? I'm from Wetumpka, Alabama. And the doctor put her pen down. She said, you're from Wetumpka, Alabama? Yes, ma'am. Been here for three weeks from Wetumpka, Alabama. She said, sir... If you're from Wetumpka, Alabama, you do not have to pay all the money for a vasectomy. That's just an expensive surgery. Here's all you have to do. Get you a cup, get you a couple firecrackers, you know, cherry bombs or whatever. Light those things, put those in that cup, and then just count to ten. That's all you have to do, and you're good to go. Bocis went, well, man, that don't sound right at all. I don't, I don't think that's good advice. So Bocephus decided that the Mississippi doctors weren't smart enough, so he went up to the big city of Memphis, and he found him a doctor up there in the big city, went in there and said, hey, Hi, hi, hi. I need to get me one of them vasectomies. And the doctor said, you mean a vasectomy? He said, yeah, that's what I say, a vasectomy. She said, okay, well, we can take care of that right here. No problem. Just relax. Have a seat. Let's fill out some paperwork. What's your name? Bocephus. What's your last name? That's all my mom's name is Bocephus. Okay. Where are you from, Bocephus? I'm from Wetumpka, Alabama. Doctor put her pen down. She said, you're from Wetumpka, Alabama? And he's like, yes, mine. Been here for three weeks. That's how I'm from Wetumpka, Alabama. She said, sir. If you're from Wetumpka, Alabama, you don't have to spend the money on a vasectomy. This is super easy. All you have to do is get a cup, put some firecrackers in there, little cherry bombs, light those things, and count to ten. That's it. And he's like, man, that's what the last doctor told me, too. I guess I'll give her a whirl. So Bocephus goes home, and he gets himself a cup, and he takes some firecrackers, and he, he puts them in the cup, a couple of cherry bombs or whatever, lights those things, and he stands there. He's like, one, two, three. Four, five, 
six, seven. <sighs> Deep breath, breathe everybody, okay? We will get through this together. Breathe, breathe, breathe. Funny thing is, last service, there was a guy here that had just moved here from Wetumpka, Alabama, believe it or not. <laughs> and I said, well, at least you know how to get a vasectomy now. And he said, mine, I don't want one of them. All right. So let's look at the Bible. First fill in the blank is the Bible. Let's just look at what the Bible says here. Let's read some verses. Genesis 2.18 says this. Then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. Then the Lord God made a woman, and he brought her to the man. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Now the man and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. Okay? So right off the bat, this is creation. This is the very beginning, and we find in this verse four love handles that is going to help us. That's going to give us a handle for this thing, this topic. And so right here, just going to go over those real quick. Here's the first handle in this verse. God created sexual identity. In making sexual identity, he made human beings male and female, okay? And this was the sexual identity that was made by God, a male and a female. He had the man, made the man, and then he made a helpmate who was completely opposite of him, right? Somebody complete. Have you met a woman or women? Have you met a man? We are completely opposite, and he brings us together in a union, all right? And God created sexual intimacy, not just sexual identity, God created sexual intimacy to be expressed between a man and a woman in the context of marriage. Okay, so from the very beginning, God created this thing, masculinity and femininity, all right? And he created those two opposite things, yet they're both created in the image of God, and then he brings us together in our differences to make us one, and in that union of marriage, then we have intimacy, okay? From our identities, we have intimacy. So, Homosexual behavior, homosexual identity is outside of the plans and the will of God, okay, from the very beginning of time, okay? Let me give you a couple verses. Leviticus 18.22 says this, do not practice homosexuality, having sex with another man as with a woman. It is a detestable sin. Romans chapter 1, skipping all the way to the New Testament. They, tra they traded the truth about God for a lie, so they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. And, and I love that because the apostle Paul, like nobody else is amening. So he's like, I'll amen myself. I do not care. I love that. Amen. That is why God abandoned them to their, their shameful desires. Even the women turned against the natural way to have sex and instead indulged in sex with each other. And the men, instead of having normal sexual relations with women, burned with lust for each other. Men did shameful things with other men, and as a result of this sin, they suffered within themselves the penalty they deserved. Now, the, there's tons of verses about this. The Bible is crystal clear in this as far as all the verses some verses in the bible about other topics or whatever there might be like well you got to work this one out or what about this one this is one of those topics that really is crystal clear but i've also seen where where people want to um so they they they're in that lifestyle so they try and argue with the scripture or try and denounce the scripture and one of the things is people will say well but pastor that one in the old testament all those in the old testament that's old testament law when Jesus came, that all passed away. We don't follow the Old Testament law. In fact, in the same Old Testament law, Pastor, it says, where it says don't be a homosexual, it says this. It says, hey, you can't eat shellfish. And everybody needs to eat some good lobster. Come on, somebody, right? Don't eat shellfish. And don't, don't, you can't trim your sideburns. And you can't have a tattoo. And you can't wear mixed fabric clothing. 
And so if that's the case, we're all going to hell, right? Because none of you, that's not 100% soap, young lady. Okay, so we have those issues. And so here's the deal. By saying that, what you're saying is really you're not fully understanding how to break down the Old Testament and the law. And so let me help you with that because that's part of my job. The Old Testament law is in three different categories. And so you need to write this down, fill in the blanks so you can teach this to somebody else because this is really important. All right, the first one is this. There's part of the law that's the civil law, the civil law. And the civil law back then, it was it was same as our civil law now. It gave directions for judges and lawyers and coming to court and getting along with each other and just basic civil laws, okay? And so that expired when the Jewish civil government expired way back, way, way, way back in the day, all right? And then the second part of the, the law is ceremonial. The ceremonial law talks all about what the priest should wear, how the priest should take a bath. Yeah, that's in there. How a priest should go to the bathroom. Yeah, that's in there. Um, all kinds of stuff, how to do the sacrifices and what sacrifices for what, all of that stuff. Those laws expired when Jesus Christ fulfilled the law. What he fulfilled was the, the high priest thing that Jesus did. He became the high priest and fulfilled all of that. So when Jesus did that, the ceremonial law was expired. Then that comes to the moral law. Are you also tracking with me? A lot of teaching today, sorry. Um, so the moral law is an area that has not expired because the moral law of the Old Testament is based upon the character of God and God does not change. He does not shift back and forth. It is his character. That's why you see the Old Testament moral law mirrored in the New Testament because God's the same in the Old Testament, the New Testament, and in 2020. So the moral law moves on. In the moral law of the Old Testament, what we see is there's several things in there, but just talking about the context of what we're talking about, in that moral law it says, hey, incest is wrong. Adultery is wrong. I think it's funny how we, we're okay with that one, but these other ones that I'm getting ready to name, we're not okay with. I'll move on. Actually, I'll move on to that in just a minute and step on everybody's toes. All right, so incest, adultery, um, bestiality, homosexuality, these things are listed there as just saying, hey, don't do that. That's not part of it. Okay, plus, even if you're going to argue with the Old Testament, it's also listed in the New Testament, okay, which we read, and there's several scriptures about that. So that brings us to this, okay? That brings us to, okay, if that's the Bible and all that good stuff, then the second point that you can fill in the blank is orientation. Now, here's, here's where, see, because people, let's be honest, most people um, don't argue that the Bible says what we just said it says because it's in print, right, and you're hooked on phonics, you can read. So the question is not, well, does it really say that? Yeah, it's crystal clear. It really does say that. So here's the rub. Here's the dilemma. People will say, I was made this way. I have this orientation, okay? From, from as long as I can remember, I've been this way. So if God made me this way, then maybe I should, not, I should not accept that part of the Bible or that part of the Bible doesn't apply to me or there's just, there's just confusion in that, okay? And, and they'll say, because if God made me this way, then why would he say it's wrong? Because I am this way. So there are some people... 
Okay, so I'm trying to hit everything. I'm trying to answer 100 years of questions in 30 minutes. So give your pastor a little grace here, okay? Um, but here, here's the deal. Um, there are some people that are born that way, orientation or whatever. But then there, could somebody be, could there be trauma that was involved where you were molested as a child or a deep father wound that causes some of that? Sure, sure, sure. I'm, you know, yeah, there's different reasons and there's different things like that. But here's what, here's what the church has done. Here's what the church has done. And by church, I mean capital C church. Several, several, several years ago when homosexuality really came out in the United States, you know, like in the news and TV and shows and all that stuff, the church did a horrible job of handling it. Come on. The church did a horrible job of handling it because here's what the church did. The church said, um, <laughs> the church said, oh, no, there's no such thing as orientation. You were born that way because God don't make junk, right? We, we, you know, so so there, you've just chosen to be that way. Okay, I'm going to be honest with you. I've met some people that have struggled with their sexual identity for as long as they can remember, from birth, okay? And, and so they're, they're, they're struggling with that. There, there was, I know, like I have friends that have never, they, they were never molested. There was never a trauma, okay? That is a thing, but I've just, I know them personally, and they've just always had that orientation, okay? Um, so... There's the struggle. I just, I think that some people are born with that orientation. Now, here, okay. Some of you just picked up your hammers again. Put them down. Here's the bigger truth, larger truth, fill in the blank. A homosexual orientation is no different from any other orientation. Someone can have towards a particular lifestyle that may be outside God's will. We all, all, of us have an orientation that we were born with with a certain sin bend there's a all of us were born with a certain proclivity to a certain type of some of you might have the orientation and you were born with it. you were born with an orientation to be full of pride some of you were born with the orientation to have an addictive personality and that's why you know you can pick up something and do it one time and like it and so it is part of your life and it might be hunting it might be fishing it might be pornography i don't know but you have an addictive personality you were born with that orientation you were born some of you were born with an orientation for anger some of you were born and i could go on right slander gossip division all of these things you're some people are born with different sets of orientations that's why it says in the book of hebrews it says hey you know that sin this is king james for all of you good church people that picked up your hammers i'm going to say king james here so it'll make you happy all right king james says in hebrews he says the sin that so easily besets you what does that mean? That's that sin that, come on, it's in you. It was an orientation from birth. It's just, and, and so here's the problem. Here's the dilemma. We get in trouble if we say, God made me that way. What we're doing is we're saying God made us with these sinful orientations, whether it be homosexuality, lust, pride, gluttony, all of these things. Well, God made me that way. Okay. Could it be that God didn't make us that way? Could it be that sin injured the world and we live in a fallen world and we're born sinners, Romans 3.23, and we recognize that we all have something in us. So instead of saying, God made me this way, how about we say, we're broken? 
And I got, I got, my life has pieces to it that are broken, and I could go around saying, this is who I am. But what if, what if we recognize that we're broken in pieces and we take our pieces back to the Father so that we can be put to, back together to our original design, not what the world has done to us? And so we hang on, I think we just hang our hat on the, on the wrong thing. Okay, but let's say you do. Okay, can, can we play this out for a second? Are you all doing okay? You need another joke? Okay, all right, so... Let's play this out for a second. Let's say, let's say that you have this desire, okay, in you. Um, you have this orientation, and you have desires for same-sex attraction, okay? You've got that in you, and so you have this desire. Now, here's, what, here's the thought process, okay? I was born with this. I have this desire. I have never been attracted to the opposite sex. It's always been the same sex. And so from this desire... I create a value because now that's something I desire and I'm, I'm accepting it. So it creates a value in my life that now I'm going to act on. And then I'm going to act on that value based on that desire without restraint. No one's going to stop me because if they try to stop me or say anything, here's the deal. I can go back to, but I was born with this desire in me. Okay, can, let's just play this out for a second. What if that desire is something different? What, what if, what if the desire that you were, have in you is to cause bodily harm to somebody else? What if the desire in you, like your orientation from the very beginning, is angry? Do you know how many men I've met that have anger issues? Come on, somebody. Do you know how many guys I've met? Almost all y'all. <laughs> Myself included, right? In fact, yesterday... Let me just tell you something. Yesterday, I'm in Walmart. You talk about devils coming out of you in Walmart, man. I, I was in Walmart yesterday waiting in line at the pharmacy, and there's a long line. And this old dude in a little scooter cart goes down another aisle and cuts right in front of the, right by the cash register, just right in front of everybody. <laughs> Crazy man, please, right? And then on top of that, he gets out of the little wee-wee cart like there ain't nothing wrong with him. How many know I wanted to give him a reason to be in a handicapped cart? <laughs> right? I was angry. I, I was like, and Patty looked at me. She was like, breathe. <laughs> I have, I'm just telling you, I was born with an orientation of anger. I, I have anger issues. But just because I have that desire to hurt old people in Walmart, does that mean I just act on that? Does that become a value in my life and now I should be able to, what if it's not anger? What if it's pedophilia? What if all of a sudden my desire from a long time, I don't even know where it came from, but it's just been in me, pedophilia. Really? You have the desire, but does that make it right? See, and that's, that's just where we are. are. Are you tracking with me? And so where, where does it go? Where, where, because once you, here's the deal, once you lay down a philosophy of, my desire now dictates my actions. That's a philosophy that you have to lay across the board. It can't just be you. You're not the only human walking the earth, right? Fill in the blank. Either desire legitimates behavior or behaviors discipline desires. Disciplines desires. See, it's not so much what, it's not so much what you're tempted with. It's what you do with the temptation. Did you know there's no scripture anywhere in the Bible where it is a sin to be tempted with same-sex attraction? Just let that sink in for a second. There's no verse 
There's no verse. No. Mm -mm. If I do my hand like that, it's like spiritual, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> there, there's no verse that says having a same-sex attraction is a sin. What you do with that changes everything. See, when somebody comes up to me and they say, well, pastor, I'm gay. I don't even bat an eye. I'm like, okay, I'm not. Because I'm, I'm not, right? But they are. Okay, that's fine. But my, my thing is not your orientation. My thing is what are you going to do with it? it it's the practice thereof, not the initial desire. Look at this verse. James 1.14 says this. The temptation to give in to evil comes from us and only us. We have no one to blame but the leering, seducing flare-up of our own lust. Lust gets pregnant and has a baby. Sin. Sin grows, I would have come up with a better name for my baby than sin, but nonetheless, <laughs> sin grows up to adulthood and becomes a real killer. Now, okay, so I have desires. Your pastor has desires. And as a married straight guy, if I have a desire to hook up with somebody outside of my marriage, watch this. We don't like to talk about this. Watch this. Just having that initial desire is normal. What you do with it changes everything. What you do with it changes everything. If I just have a desire, well, i got to act on my desire. Like I said a couple weeks ago, if I acted on every desire I had, I would end up at 201 Poplar. So our desires are there. And some of you, like if you're, a if you're a homosexual here, you're like, yeah, pastor, but at least you can have your, your sexual desire fulfilled in marriage. I can't from what you're saying. Okay, listen, if you're going to say that, then here's what you've done. Just let's be honest. Let's peel back some layers. What you're saying is you have this desire that you have now elevated to the top desire of your life. And the number one desire in your life is now to have an orgasm. Come on, we're, we're better than that. God created us better than that. You're more of a beautiful, amazing, created person than that. Than that. There's more to you than that. That's not the end of all. That is, so why is it a sexual temptation or an orgasm is the one temptation that we should never fight? Have you ever thought about that? Why is it that's the one that we should never fight? We should just accept. Huh, crazy, isn't it? Y'all still with me? All right. Here's the third one. Tolerance. Now, because right now, there's some of you here. I can feel it. I can feel it. You said, Pastor Craig, the beginning, I was with you. Lay down our hammers, love everybody. You apologize, that was good. Made me feel warm and fuzzy inside. But then it appears that you started off with all of this, and then you slashed and slandered and destroyed us for the next 20 minutes. Now what? Okay, if you think that way, here's the deal. You're really not understanding tolerance, like real tolerance. Because there's actually three kinds of tolerance. Did you know that? If you didn't know that, I'm getting ready to school you. There's three kinds of tolerance. And the problem is, the only thing culture wants us to know is the third one. But look at these other ones. you got to get the... I'm telling you, if you will understand tolerance and get real tolerance, just talk about definitions of tolerance, it will change your life and allow you to get along in the body of Christ with a whole bunch of people that are not like you. Here's the first one. Legal tolerance. 
There is legal tolerance. This is basic First Amendment rights. You have rights, right? And we should, you should have those rights. And that's totally cool. And the Bible is a big proponent of these legal tolerances. It's just, it's cool, all right? Jesus was all about it. The Bible's all about it. Here's the second one. Social or cultural tolerance. This is, this is accepting someone else for who they are. Man, don't miss this. It's accepting someone for who they are regardless of what they believe. I accept you just because, just because you're a person. I'm not accepting what you do. I'm accepting you. You are lovable. Some of you more than others. But you know what I'm saying? You're lovable. You're beautiful. And I can accept you and tolerate you even though we don't agree. Here's the third one. And this is where culture wants to, listen to me, this is where culture wants to split the church. Right here. When I'm going to have it. Here's the third tolerance. Intellectual tolerance. And here's what this means. This is accepting what someone believes as right, regardless of what you believe or think is right. So in other words, I'm saying, hey, you believe the sky is green. I believe the sky is blue. I'm just going to, I love you, so I'm going to tolerate you. So I am going to change what I believe and accept what you believe, even though I don't think what you believe is right. I'm going to change my beliefs because of you. It's like this. If I, you have a friend, I have a friend. He comes and he goes, hey, pastor, I got the best idea for a new fuel economy. If you'll put sand in your gas tank, it's going to increase your fuel like never before. And I can say, huh really you're my friend and I can tolerate you right legally because you have the legal right to put sand in your gas tank it's your gas tank I am not going to go out and hold up signs that say God hates people who put sand in gas tanks are y'all tracking with me it's it's their gas tank and on top of that, he's my friend. And I can morally, I can socially tolerate him. Why? Because I'm still going to do stuff with him because he's my friend. He's a person. I'll even pick him up for work the next morning because you know his car ain't going to start. <laughs> and I'll even go to his house and we can binge watch the latest whatever it is. Why? Because we're friends. But the rub is... If the only way you think we can get along is if I approve your beliefs and your actions, even though your beliefs and your actions go against my beliefs and my actions, do you see the difference? All of a sudden, now you're, you're demanding that I change my beliefs to make you feel accepted. I accepted you before you changed your beliefs. I accepted you while you still believed something, while you were still putting sand in your gas tank. And Jesus did too. So why are we focusing on this other? No, no, come on, let's get back to tolerance, like real tolerance, where we can get together and love one another no matter what you're doing. Do I have to agree with everything? No. And I'll be honest with you, if you knew everything about my life, you probably wouldn't agree with everything I do either. But I didn't ask your opinion. I asked his opinion. Are y'all tracking with me? This is better than you think it is. This is better than you think it is. So here's the deal. We're to that last point. We're going to cover it in a podcast this week. Let me, let me do this. 
I know I'm supposed to have some big buildup and ultra call, and but I'm not very good at that. So here's the deal. If you're here or you're watching online and you're a homosexual, you are welcome at South Point Church. If you're here and you're divorced and remarried, you're accepted here at South Point. If you're an adulterer or addicted to pornography, guess what? You're accepted here at South Point. If you have the proclivity to gossip, there's a church on every corner, okay? Go find the... How about we get the church of Jesus Christ back to what the church of Jesus Christ is supposed to be about? See, this is how we can stand and affirm the Bible and say things like homosexuality is wrong because it's in the Bible. I can say that and at the same time accept and love the person. You gotta see the difference. I hope you see the difference. Because it's tearing my heart apart. See, seeing people from all different walks of life being cut out of the body of Christ. And I don't think that's the way of Christ. I, I just don't. You say, well, they need to stop. How about you? What, what do you need to change? Because really, are you perfect? No, you're not. Are you struggling with stuff? Yeah, it just happens to be the stuff you're struggling with is not as noticeable as somebody who's struggling with homosexuality. And so we're real good at hiding our sins and want to pick up our hammers for everybody else's. How about we leave the hammers down? And help people. What if, what if, oh, I'm crazy. What if we actually just accepted people and helped everybody walk through their junk, helping over time through their journey, lining up their life with Jesus Christ, that one day we'll all be there and we'll be completely different. But here, we all got junk in our trunk that we need to work out. Will you pray with me? We you bow your heads, close your eyes. Lord, I love you so much. I love you so much. God, I love it that you said you are love. That means you can't, you can't give us love. Love is your very essence of who you are. So even saying that God is in the house means that love is in the house. If I'm going to say I'm walking with God, that means I'm walking with love. So Father, I thank you that you loved us so much that even though we're so broken, every single one of us, that if every single time we bring our pieces to you, you put us back together, piece by piece. Sometimes it takes 30 years, 50 years. Sometimes we never get there. But you're always working with us and on us to the extent that we allow you to work in us and on us. So, Father, I just pray for all of us in this house watching online that we all, be, we all stop being so judgmental start walking in grace and truth, 100% grace, 100% truth, all resonating at the frequency of love. Thank you, Father. Work on us. Work on us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Hey.
Hey guys, I love you. You survived. Thank you so much for putting your hammers down for 30 minutes. Hopefully you're not going to pick them back up. Hopefully. Because getting hammered means something completely different. Okay? Stand with me, if you will. We're going to do a pod, like I said, we're going to do a podcast this week about this topic. If you'd like to download it and tune in, that'd be great. We'll finish the fill in the blanks. Um, that just too much stuff to cover in 30 minutes. All right. Hey, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, there's communion down front on both sides that you are more than welcome to partake of. Enjoy. Let me pray the benediction and we will move on. Heavenly Father, we love you. Thank you so much for everything. Father, we just ask right now that the words of our mouth, the meditations of our heart, that they'll be acceptable in your sight. You're our Lord, our strength, and our Redeemer. In Christ's name, amen. Love y'all.